Kathy Zaka. Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today, our topic is on earth as it is in heaven. And our scripture for today is from Genesis 28, 11 through 15. And he reached a certain place and stopped for the night. The sun had already set. He took one of the stones that was there and placed it under his head. Then he lay down to sleep. In a dream, he saw a stairway standing on the earth. Its top reached to heaven. The angels of God were going up and down on it. The Lord stood beside the stairway. He said, I am the Lord. I am the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your children after you the land that you are lying on. They will be like the dust of the earth that can't be counted. They will be spread out from the west to the east. They will spread out from the north to the south. All nations on earth will be blessed because of you and your children after you. I am with you. I will watch over you everywhere you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. That's a good one. Yeah, it's all about Jacob and his, the latter. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. All right, let's jump right into our topic today, which is bringing heaven to earth. Over the past year, you know, the Lord has repeatedly said to me, They don't understand what they don't know. And he's talking about all of us. So how do we understand so we may know? We study his word. We seek an intimate relationship with the Lord. We spend time learning about the things that we don't understand. And when we begin to do these things with our whole heart, the Lord brings revelation after revelation to each one of us. And we can then start putting the puzzle pieces together, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's talk about the Lord's prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. You know, the kingdom of God is above the political system and all the governments of the world. It's above the businesses of the world. And when we say, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying for the things of heaven to come down to earth. So in heaven, there's no financial problems. There's no division. Our relationships are good. There is no sickness, disease, mental health issues, depression, Everything in heaven is good. And these, these are the things that we want to call down to earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all of those things and so much more are happening in heaven right now. And Jesus tells us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But there's a lot that needs to happen for us to have all those things. The very first thing we need to do is what Jesus asked us to do. We pray the Lord's Prayer. We, the body of Christ, we need to start decreeing and declaring it. Mm-hmm. Second, we need to be in unity, a oneness with God, yes. so He can operate through us. And when we partner with God, He will come and show us what needs to be done. Third, you know, we are absolutely must walk in the authority of the blood of Jesus so the enemy cannot disrupt or break apart this unity, this oneness in Christ. So yes, we know the book of Revelation chapter 20 talks about that 1,000 years that God will bind Satan and his army in the lake of fire, and we will have 1,000 years of peace. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that we are to wait on God to do this so we can have peace. We're not going to do anything, you know. Mm -hmm. We're to pray and ask for those things now to come down from heaven. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 5-15, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you... When you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. And in this manner, therefore pray, and I'm going to say it again, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. 
Amen. For if you if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I believe that we overcomplicate so many things. But Jesus made it so simple. That prayer covers a lot. Mm-hmm. Would yes. you agree? Yes. You know, because the enemy is still here on earth right now. That means we are in a fight. And it's brutal. This spiritual war that we're in is difficult because we can't see our enemy, but God can. That's where we have to put our trust and faith. And if we have an intimate relationship with him, he will show each one of us how to to defeat every single demon that's trying to destroy us and our families. But where do we start? Mm -hmm. Susan, you want to get us started? Yes. Well, first of all, I'd like to describe what the phrase, bring heaven to earth, means. That's good. In Matthew 6.10, it says, your kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, like you said, Kathy. The phrase sounds holy and optimistic and impossible, especially when we look at everything that's happening today. Right. Our world does not look much like heaven, does it? Nope. (laughs) No. I can summarize all that's going on right now, particularly the evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One can also dive deep, or like you've said before, Kathy, do a deep dive into the real news of what's going on behind the scenes. Right. However, the point is this evil is not heaven on earth. Right. The context of the phrase, on earth as it is in heaven, doesn't directly speak about existence in heaven or earth. Right. It's connected to Jesus' example of how to pray, the Lord's Prayer is just one of many instructions within a long teaching by Jesus, now called the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7. Mm-hmm. Jesus' discourse began with the Beatitudes. While speaking on the mountainside to a large crowd, the Beatitudes were a confusing call to living countercultural lives of kindness. For example, Jesus proclaimed his attitude toward the law, position, authority, and money are not important in his kingdom. What matters is faithful obedience from the heart. Also, he began his sermon with words that seemed to contradict each other. But God's way of living usually contradicts the world's. If you want to live for God, you must be ready to say and do what seems strange to the world. You must be willing to give when others take, to love when others hate, to help when others abuse. By giving up your own rights in order to serve others, you will one day receive everything God has in store for you. I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to live for God, you must be ready to say and do what seems strange to the world. At this point, you know, Mm -hmm. everything's going to seem strange because we're so embedded with the evil. You know, that resonates deeply with, with me, especially in regard to our podcast. From the moment God asked us to do this, I knew he was asking us to be ready to say and do what seems strange to the world. And I said this earlier, Jesus has repeatedly said to me, they don't understand what they don't know. It's why we're doing this. We're teaching. Right. You know, we're trying to let everybody know. And it's up to those who have spent intimate time with the Lord and he has revealed his mysteries so they can pour out what he has revealed to them. Right. We do this for God's glory and to teach others about him. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. You know, what kingdom does Jesus pray to come? What kingdom belongs to God? Yeah. And how does that pertain to the struggle each of us have on earth? The Lord's Prayer isn't the only place Jesus talks about the kingdom. Jesus spends a good portion of his teaching explaining the phrase, Kingdom of Heaven, which appears in the Gospels 34 times and 31 times in Matthew alone. Understanding this phrase is key to understanding how we're supposed to bring heaven down to earth. Throughout the Beatitudes, Jesus used the phrase to describe a lifestyle of perspectives and priorities that are grounded in eternal purpose. The kingdom of heaven is a metaphor for the concept of living under grace rather than the law of doing good, because someone has experienced freedom in Christ, not because he or she will be punished for doing evil. Mm -hmm. I think we all have experience with that in our religious backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Simply define the kingdom of heaven as God's way of thinking, living, and being, his very essence. God's love and grace are intricately entwined with the gospel because God's character is salvation, just as mercy, righteousness, and judgment. Consequently, the kingdom of heaven is God's intended purpose for us, a restored relationship with him. It's being one with the Father, and when Jesus declared that he and God the Father were the same person, the Pharisees tried to stone him. Yet Jesus invites us into this powerful Trinity relationship through the kingdom of heaven. He tells us to pray for it. 
Yeah. Right. In Matthew 4, when Jesus begins his ministry and preaches in Galilee after John was put in prison, it was from this time on Jesus began to preach, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. And the kingdom of heaven has the same meaning as the kingdom of God. In Mark and Luke, Matthew uses the phrase, because the Jews, out of their intense reverence and respect, did not pronounce God's name. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God is near because it has arrived in our hearts. That's good. Like I said, it's turning away from self-centeredness and self-control and turning our lives over to Christ's direction and control. Again, in Matthew 11, Jesus teaches about the kingdom. After he had finished teaching the disciples, he went on to the towns in Galilee. When John heard in the prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? He was doubtful there. Mm -hmm. Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. Of course, all these miracles were being done. The blind received sight, the lame walked, those with leprosy cured, and so many more. He continues to talk about John and describes who he is, a prophet, a messenger who was sent ahead of Jesus, who would prepare the way before him. You know, when you're doubting things, you know, in your own personal life, and you're doubting your own salvation, we've all, I've doubted my salvation, you know, when I was younger. Me too. Me too. You know, or whatever he's called you to do in your life, you know, you ask yourself the same questions that Jesus responded to John's doubts with. You know, what do you see me doing, you know, in your life? What have you heard me tell you personally? Yeah. What are the words that God has spoken to you? You got to recall those things to your mind. That's you know, so good Lord. Yeah. What have I revealed to you personally? Yeah. You know, to me it was He told me He was He told me I was going to write, even though I had never thought about being a writer Same. ever. Same for me. But I had to recall that to my mind. Who am I? Yeah. What did He call me to do? You know, and it should bring confirmation to your heart. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're all going to get hit with doubts, right? Right. So I know it's worked that way for me. The Bible says you can ask for wisdom and it'll be given to you because in James 1, 5 through 6, it says, if any of you need wisdom, you should ask God and it'll be given to you. God's generous and he won't correct you for asking. But when you ask for something, you must have faith and not doubt. Anyone who doubts is like a ocean wave tossed around in a storm. That's right. Yeah. Another example in the Bible of Jesus modeling to us how to bring heaven to earth was when he fed the 5,000. In Luke 9, 10 through 11, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus all they had done, drove out demons, diseases, preached the kingdom of God, and healed the sick. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethesda, but the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them, and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Jesus tried to slip away from the crowds, but they found out where he was going and followed him. Can you imagine how exhausted these guys would be, especially Jesus, at times when they just wanted to sit, eat, and rest? Right. And instead of showing impatience at this interruption, Jesus welcomed the people and ministered to their needs. How do you see people who interrupt your schedule? As nuisances or as the reason for your life and ministry? Right. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother me. I'm busy. Wrong. I know. I know. Just easy. It's the human in us. It is. Oh, yeah. We all think that way. Yeah. Not really? Again? <laughs> That's probably what I w- would have been my first reaction. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Busy. <laughs> Silence the phone. And then right. you hear the sigh. <sighs> okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> The kingdom of God was a focal point of Jesus' teaching. Again, he explained, it was not just a future kingdom, it was among them, embodied in him, the Messiah. Even though the kingdom will not be complete until Jesus comes again in glory, we do not have to wait to taste it. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God begins in the hearts of those who believe in Jesus. It is as present with us today as it was with the Judeans almost 2,000 years ago. That's why he says, taste and see that the Lord is good, good. right? We get to taste it right now. Right. Yes. It's good. In 1 Peter 2.11, Peter talks about how we are to conduct ourselves in the midst of suffering, which can be applicable to today, right? Mm -hmm. As believers, we are aliens and strangers in this world because our real home is with God. 
Heaven is where God lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're in our Martian suits down here. With- <laughs> I love that. Earth suits. Earth suits. Yeah. Life in heaven operates according to God's principles and values, and it's eternal and unshakable. Heaven came to earth in the symbolism of the Jewish, Jewish sanctuary, the tabernacle and temple where God's presence dwelt. It came into the most fulfilling and complete way in the person of Jesus Christ, God with us. That's good. It permeated the entire world as the Holy Spirit came to live in every believer. Mm. Yes. You know, I've said this over and over, and we've said it 20 million times on this episode or on, on this podcast, yeah. but intimacy with Yahweh is the key to everything in life. It is. Yes. And I truly believe that to my core. Me too. You know, from the very beginning, God created us in His very own image, in His likeness, you know, meaning that we are made just like Him. Right. So yes. to know our Creator's heart, our Father's heart, we need to spend time alone with Him and understand who He is, how He thinks, and what our purpose is here on this earth. But to know these things, it's going to take some time. Yeah. You know, it means we're going to have to spend time alone with God and make this a daily practice in our lives. We can't just attend church or even be involved to a certain degree in a church and expect to truly know God personally by our acts of service for Him. Right, right. It takes more than that. Right. To really get to know someone, you have to spend one-on-one time with them listening to their heart. Yeah, that's good. Right? You know, for many years, I dedicated my life to studying God's Word. And when I was young, I was brought up in church to go every time the doors were open, basically. I memorized scriptures when I was young, and I participated in Bible drill, which Bible drill is just something that, you know, kids do. It's it's a group that they're part of to know your Bible, to know where the scriptures and the verses are within the Bible. You know, you conduct drills, like something like timed relay races, right? And the person who found the passage of scripture first won that round. That's good. Yeah. And it was drilled into my head, you know, in my mind to, in my life to know the Bible and memorize as much of it as I could. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we could speak of, on that on her behalf that she knows the Bible. The God word is <laughs> yes. <it>, Laura. That's <clears throat> for sure. Don't put that on me. I'll probably screw up. <laughs> <laughs> she does, man. She brings it to, to the forefront all the time. Uh, we love that about her. It's, yeah, it's soaked into me. It is. Yes, it is. You know, I just wanted to comment back when you were talking about service. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, in service can even become its own idol. Right. You know, right. it can right. become a distraction to yeah. your relationship with God. So right. if you think, oh, if I just do, 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 I'm going to mm-hmm. be good. Oh, I and was then, like that. Right. You know, because I felt I couldn't say no to people, right. too, when they asked me to do stuff. Because I'm yeah. like, well, if, if, if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it. And I, oh, I was overwhelmed. I was burned out. Yeah. And then I, I had an experience one time where I was doing five different things. I think I probably talked about this before. but yeah. And I was so exhausted and, and just burned out. And I remember I flopped down on the bed and I'm crying. And I, I was just so tired. And God... The Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, I never told you to do all those things. Do yeah. one thing and do it well. Yeah. Do you know how much freedom came to me oh, when I heard goodness. him? Yeah. It was like permission to say, No, no. <laughs> I can't do that. Right. I was just doing so much stuff and it was just all a works mentality kind of, you know, just yeah. I've got to do this, I gotta do that because I'm serving the Lord and I've he didn't say to serve him to exhaustion. Right. He just said, yeah. do what I tell you to do. Right. And maybe that's just one thing. Right. Instead of a checklist. Right. right. And when you stepped back, someone stepped up. Right. right. And gave them the it opportunity. It gave other people. Look at the beauty right. in that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Somebody else needed to step yes. up. Right. They're what they were supposed to be doing for God. Mm-hmm. All these experiences, when we step up like that, it just takes us further and further and further down his glory road mm-hmm. towards yes. him. You know? Yep. Just so, so good. And it may have started when I was younger because our church was so small right. and we didn't have enough people to serve. Yeah. So I did a lot of different jobs. Yeah. I wore a lot yeah. of little little hats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I got it, you know, older and I was in a bigger church, I had that same mentality. I have to do this stuff and I got to do everything. Yeah. There's a bunch of other people that could have done it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's just a, a shifting of gears there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Understanding your purpose. Right. You know, it's all part of it. 
Yeah, when I grew up and I got, like I said, when I got older, my husband and I, we began to teach Sunday school. That was another thing we were doing, you know, but but it was the one thing that he told me to do well, yeah. and that was to teach Sunday school to teenagers. And we, we worked in the youth department since we got married. Wow. You know, and wow. we did that for 24 years. But this focused us, you know, to really dig into the Word of God so we could teach other people. And, and it was great for our marriage, too, you know, yeah. because it bonded my husband and I together as we studied for the lessons and prepared. And we would say, okay, what are we going to teach about? And, well, what, got, what did God show you? Right. And then he, I'd say, what did he showed me? And then when we came together, it was cool because yeah. it was perfect, you know. Unity. Nice. Right, right. You know, and just doing that, that 24 years of service with the youth, and, and it helped our marriage you know, grow stronger. Yeah. Just that studying of God's word brought both our hearts together in alignment with God's heart, his mind for his people. And in addition to teaching the youth, I participated in women's Bible studies for many years. This is why I know the word. Yeah. You know, because I was not only digging into it for myself, but then I was doing studies on the side. Right. And that just really made a firm foundation of what I stand on, you know, for the Word of God. Yeah. And I say all this, I'm not talking about myself to, oh, look at Lord, she knows the Bible. <laughs> but I say all this to emphasize that if you really want to know God's heart, it's imperative that you read and you study and you meditate on God's Word. The Bible is God's spoken words, His actions, His emotions, His compassion, His love for you is made available for us in the written form. Right. So it's the best and the first way to really get to know him well. Right? And by knowing, you know, the other way we get to know God is by spending time listening to him and talking to him like your closest best and best friend. You know, he knows everything about you and he sees all these things according to the scriptures. So who else to better, you know, to talk to about everything in your life than Yahweh, your creator, your father. Amen. You know, the more time we spend with Yahweh, the more we know His heart and we know what's on His mind and the things He wants us to bring about to this earth, like yeah. we're talking about. You know, I heard an expression this past weekend, God made you for Him, he, not you. Right. He didn't make you for you. That's so cool. Right. Yeah. It's not about you. Yeah. <laughs> no. He, he yeah. has a purpose for us, yes. and He created us for that, and we just have to walk it out. Yes. Yeah. So good. It is good. Because even it, said, it says in 1 Corinthians 3.9, it says, For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building, right? Yeah. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, We are God's creation. He created us to belong to Christ Jesus. Yeah. Now we can do good works. Long ago that God prepared for these us to do these works a long time ago. Yeah. I'm just rephrasing that. <laughs> That's the verse. And Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 says, I know the plans I have for you, announces the Lord. I want you to enjoy success. I don't plan harm for you. I will give you hope for the years to come, and then you will call out to me. You will come and pray to me, and I'm going to listen to you. And when you look for me with all your heart, you're going to find me. And I will be found by you, announces the Lord. Oh, I love what you said about getting to know God by spending time with Him. Listen to Him. He is your closest and best friend. And that is so good and so true. So when praying and saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it reminds me when I used to pray this because I I wanted to know what God's will was for me. Mm -hmm. I spent so much time trying to figure out what I was supposed to be doing. You know, why did God create me? What is my purpose? Why is it so hard to figure out the answer to these questions? Mm -hmm. I mean, I was desperate. Yeah. And for a while, I was consumed with it. I begged God to tell me. I pleaded. I prayed. I asked others to help me find the answer. <laughs> That's funny to even think about that now. <sighs> and I never received the answer I thought I needed, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, the Lord could have done that to you to, to help, you know, draw you into a deeper relationship oh, with Him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's so good. And that's so true. That's a really good point. You know, and here's what I've learned over the years of my walk with the Lord. He loves you beyond anything that you can ever imagine. He absolutely wants to reveal his purpose for you, but he can't always reveal it to you immediately. This shouldn't stop you from asking because it's the beginning of a very fulfilling journey. It was for me. If some people know or some people knew what they were meant to do before they were mature enough to handle it, they would mess it up in a big way. Right. They wouldn't be ready. Right. So what right. you need to focus on is God. That's how you start. 
Just focus on Him. And through all of my questions and my desperation, I realized that the more I focused on Him and not on my own stuff, the me, 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 I, 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 the more God revealed to me about my life. Mm -hmm. I said all that to say, you know, our hearts need to be aligned with God so we can produce good fruit. Right. Right. If we are selfishly focused on ourselves or other people, there's no point in God answering our prayers. Remember, he, He knows us better than anyone else. That's right. And he's going to get you to that point. He will. You know, that's why you had all those questions. If you're seeking it, if you're asking your answer, he will answer those prayers. Yeah. He'll lead you to it. Mm -hmm. Right. He did me. The enemy does a great job getting us off course or off the path we're meant to be on. And as long as we are caught up in our own personal junk, the further the enemy keeps us from God's purpose for us. You see, we have to shut the enemy's voice down. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to see things or see right through his schemes. And once we become aware of the enemy's plans, it becomes easier for us to shut his voice down so we can start listening to God's voice. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much over the past several years about intimacy with God. You know, Lord just talked about it. Mm-hmm. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know we talk about intimacy a lot. Right. It's yeah. the key. It is the key. It's the key. It's the key that unlocks so many things in your life that you have been searching for. He wants to share all of it with you, but he wants you to do it right. He wants you to be successful to prosper and experience peace, love, and joy. It is possible, but you have to do the work. Right. You have to seek after him with your whole heart. He will reveal many mysteries to you once he sees your hearts in the right place. Yep. Yes. You know, I don't, I don't think bringing heaven to earth is about trying to be perfect in our own strength. I think we all know, especially me, this never works out. Yeah, <laughs> right. We can agree. <laughs> I think that God is asking us to seek in this intimate relationship with Him, and through this relationship, He perfects us in His love. That's, right. Yep, yeah, that's good. The more we get to know Him, the more we get to know ourselves. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He fills us up with His unconditional love so that we can spill it out of our full cup of love to flow onto others. Mm-hmm. He never gives it to us to hoard and keep it for ourselves. We become so excited and invigorated, the word, invigorated. I, got, the yeah. word I got for the new Invigoration. year, <laughs> that we did an episode on, with his love. We get so invigorated with his yeah. love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're simply bursting at the seams to let it out, which ends up being for his glory. Because mm-hmm. right? the phrase is, you're to be a river, not a reservoir. Wow, that's good. You know, let it flow out rather than holding it back. Yeah. Because what happens when you hold water back? It gets all stale. Yeah. Moldy. And stinky. Yeah. We don't want to be a stench. No. You know, it's this love, it's infectious in an unbelievably good way. Right. It's like being infected with many good germs to the point we need to give them to others so that (laughs) they benefit. That's like that. That's a good virus. Yeah. <laughs> so they can benefit in the best way possible on top of it, bursting with love. Mm-hmm. God wants us to reign here on earth and love other people unconditionally and follow Jesus' model. He came to show us the way to live daily, to bring the goodness of heaven and share it on the earth by having this intimate relationship with him. We will know how to do that. He will show us daily in prayer and time spent with him, like you said, Kathy. Yeah. Bring heaven to earth literally begins with the gospel. God's will is to give us his spirit and transform us into his likeness, to become like him and live with him eternally. He desires to complete what he began in the garden. Mm -hmm. He proved his passion for us through the incarnation of Jesus. God literally sent heaven to earth in the form of a baby. The incarnation was a mystery. The Britannica Dictionary defines incarnation as central Christian doctrine that God became flesh, that God assumes a human nature and became a man in the form of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the second person of the Trinity. Christ was truly God and truly man. John writes, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Since it's impossible for us to personally bring perfection into this world, the gospel of Christ gives mankind a chance to receive perfect forgiveness in a world that does not forgive. Mm-hmm. Our relationship with Jesus provides a framework and a model for us to experience redemption over and over. Yes. Because the love and mercy of God are unfailing and constant. 
by living the kingdom of heaven here, we experience a constant renewal of God's forgiveness and acceptance. It's good. Organized religion, on the other hand, delivers the good news, yet walking on a balance beam at the same time to not cause discomfort and maybe a turning away. This makes it easy for the listener to follow religious guidelines, not question what's being spoken, or follow rituals in order to live good lives and feel good about themselves. It's a faulty path in Mm -hmm. which we try hard enough we might be able to be good enough. I've been here, folks. Yeah, Yeah, me too. It is not the kingdom of God. Instead, I felt like a hamster on a hamster wheel that could never get to where I desired to go, which was where God predestined me to go. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good point. That's why we get burned out. (laughs) Right. The kingdom of heaven is against everything the world believes. It engages the services of an understanding and acceptance of our own sinful natures and our own mortality. The kingdom of heaven requires repentance, forgiveness, humility, reconciliation, equality, and grace, all traits that are decidedly against human nature. Right. If we were follower, our followers of Christ, we carry his inner light in us. We carry the glory of God in our spirits. Christians mm-hmm. have the potential and the power, as we have said in other episodes, to be little Christ. Yeah, I like that. To everyone around them. To radiate Jesus' love and power over the things of the world. To live for another world, heaven, the one for which we were designed. Mm-hmm. That's right. Eternity there, guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a drop in the bucket. Oh, this is only temporary. Yep. Yes. If our goal is to become increasingly more like Jesus, then we will adopt the process of bringing heaven down to earth. We are Christ's ambassadors as though we are making this appeal through us. Right. I've mentioned before, I have a pastor friend who frequently asks the question, how is that furthering the kingdom of God? Oh, yeah. You mentioned that before. Yeah. It's, it's a good way to live daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Jesus modeled to us how to further the kingdom of God and still does when we seek him. By following him, it's more like an experimental training, and we learn how to live this way daily. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. You know, the big question we're addressing today is how do we know what he wants us to do and how do we bring the things of heaven to the earth, right? Right. So this is where spending time alone with him in prayer is how we accomplish this big question. Yep. You know, setting aside time, you know, with God. First thing in the morning is my preferred time to be with him. It gives God the first of your day and not the last of it. I know not everybody's a morning person, and it's really difficult to get up when it's still dark outside and start your day in prayer, but I will tell you from personal experience and following Jesus' example of getting up and getting alone in the pre-dawn hours, I can say it definitely sets the tone of your day, and it sets the agenda for the day, and it puts your mind and your heart in the correct frame of mind for whatever comes your way that day. You know, I'd rather be prepared ahead of time for what's about to hit that day, then be blindsided by the enemy's attacks and have a nervous breakdown. You know, when the, you know what hits the fan, (laughs) if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm not trying to get religious on anybody. This is just what the Lord told me to do 23 years ago. And I've seen it firsthand how successful your life can be by spending the first of your day with him. You know, I know many other strong believers that have busy schedules, and they get their time in with God whenever they can during the day. And I get that. I'm only sharing my testimony of what's worked for me, you know, really well for me for many years. It wasn't my idea to get up early in the morning. That was the Lord's. But once I did it, that discipline and just being alone with Him, I felt the benefits of it. Well, you think about that. You mm -hmm. think about the first of your day. How could it not impact you? profoundly in a positive way. Right. right. Because it once your feet hit the floor, what's the enemy doing? He is He's coming in and getting you your down, thoughts. Yeah. Trying to distract you, trying to keep you from God's purpose. So it's important to do that. You mm-hmm. know, and like she said, not everybody can do it. I can't do it every day. She's wonderful about doing it. She's she's I don't do it every day. Right. <laughs> there's I mean, times when I go, all right, I'm sleeping in. Right. right. That's <laughs> you know. Happen. You know, and there's times that I get up early in the morning and do it. There's times it's in the afternoon. There's times it's late in the evening. I'll mm-hmm. be in there till twelve or one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Just time. But there's something good about what you're saying there that how could it not be a positive right. impact on your life? When you give him the first of your day. Right. Even right. if you can't spend an hour, if you can't even spend 10 minutes, just give him that first couple of minutes and say, Lord, 
I want to serve you today. Mm -hmm. I want to focus on you today. Guide my footsteps. Right. 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 Yep. That's good. Now, so knowing that God has work for us to do in our time here on earth, how do we know what specifically he wants us to do? In your time alone in prayer, start asking God specifically what he has planned, you know, for you to accomplish. Right. And I'm not going to tell you that you need to pray and ask specific. I am going to say, I'm going to reward that. And I am going to tell you that you need to pray and ask specific questions to God, not generalized prayers that cover too much territory, you know? Be specific in how you pray so that you get a specific answer. That's good. That's, 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 God wants you to. Right. He wants you to narrow it down. And he's going to, he's looking at you saying, what are you asking me? And here's what's coming to me right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you're asking that and you want God to answer that question, that specific mm-hmm. question. You want a specific answer. But God in that, God's teaching you how to listen for his voice. Right. So right. you may not get that specific answer immediately, but you keep doing it. And you, you keep showing God your heart, your, mm-hmm. the intent of your heart, the passion that you want. Mm-hmm. It'll come. He'll, it, he will answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. And you'll know that you know that you know that he answered that specific right. question. It's kind of like when, when you had all those questions, and but it was drawing you into a yes. place of intimacy, right? Right. And maybe God not answering you right away. He's waiting for you to get specific. Yes. You know? Right. And then when you start getting specific... And you wait, and then you hear his voice. Yes. It's confirmation that right. you know that you know what he wants you to do. Right. 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 That's good. There's yeah. the process. Yes. <laughs> and you can also, you know, pray God's scriptures, his word. You know, this is another strategy I've learned. Yeah. Is to pray his word regarding your questions because it says, like in Jeremiah 1 12, you have observed correctly, says the Lord, for I am watching over my word to accomplish it. So, what this means is that God watches over his own word to make sure that it gets done. Yeah. So when you pray his word over your situation, it's like a guarantee that they will be answered. Right. I mean, you can't just slap God's word over something. Right. You know, I'm not I'm talking about, you know, going back to God's promises and saying to him, I'm trusting you, I'm trusting in you to do what you say you're gonna do. That's right. Right? You know? Right. But if you've raised your children as God's word instructed you to do. Right. And they rebel, just as an example. Yeah. You have to leave them in the hands of God, interceding and praying for them, but they are ultimately God's children. That's right. Yes. And we have to continue putting our faith and our trust in a God who does what he says he will do. Yep. Yes. My own life examples that, you know, with right. my son, you right. know, I had to put him in his, he was his. I'm just a steward over my child for a, for a short time. Right. Yeah. He's, he's the Lord's to begin with right. and end with. God created him. Right. So God watches over his very own words in the scriptures to see that what he said, has said, comes true and gets accomplished. Yep. And when we recite his own words regarding our, our quest to know what he wants us to do, what he has planned long, long ago for us, right. your creator, a loving father, he's going to answer you and he's going to help you to get to where you need to go. Yeah. Because why would God have plans for us and then not tell us what they are? Yeah. Right? Right. He wants you to seek him out. So does God want us to seek him out on these things? I mean, do you guys agree with that? (laughs) We've only talked about it this episode. But I I think he answers that question. He makes it pretty clear in Matthew 7, 7 through 11. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? In this scripture, God's saying to us that He's a good Father, he gives good gifts to his children, and he's not going to leave you hanging when you ask him for what his will is for your life. That's so good. Yes. Yeah. You know, and like our earthly fathers, you know, that can let us down, God is perfect, and he loves us perfectly. Right. And he will answer us and bring confirmation to us regarding our questions. And I will tell you that he does want you to seek him out 
and pursue getting to know him better and knowing his heart only brings blessings to your life. Amen. That's right. You know, lastly, I just want to share one more thing about spending time in prayer with God our Father and knowing what he wants us to bring to the earth. You know, many of you may go into your time of prayer with this list in your hand, ready to pour out all your needs to the Father, and then sitting and waiting to hear His reply, right? Been there, done that. Uh, <laughs> me too. Checklist. Yep. But something that I've recently learned within the last three years is to do the complete opposite. Yes. So going into my time of prayer to seek out the Father's heart should be just that. Seek out His heart. Not dumping everything of your agenda onto his lap and saying, here, fix all this stuff in my life. (laughs) That's not seeking God's heart. That's dumping your to-do list on his lap and expecting him to fix and manage all the difficulties in your life and wanting God to make your life as peaceful as possible. That's right. It's like making an idol of yourself. Exactly. Me, me, me. Right, right. It's all about me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't serve a God who's a genie in a bottle. Right. We serve a holy God who is the creator of the cosmos the creator of heaven and earth, and everything and everyone in it. We serve the Most High God, and everything that has a name is far, far, far beneath His holy feet. And when we approach His throne during our prayer time, if we have the mindset of only going into His courts with praise and thanksgiving, asking only what is on His heart each day, He's going to be delighted to share the things that are on His heart for God's people for you know what he wants you to be doing and for how you can bring the things of heaven to the earth. That's right. When you hear him telling you what he wants done on the earth, then you have your marching orders and you know exactly what he wants you to be doing for his kingdom's sake. There's nothing like knowing your purpose and having clarity for doing God's will. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, God already knows what we need. So when we go to him, it should always be to seek his heart, just like she said. And if you do this, he will instruct and guide you on the things you need to do here in the natural. It will be just a natural flow right, coming from the Father. And I used to have this huge fear that I wasn't doing enough for God or that I wasn't good enough for God to even use me. And if I am praying and asking for the on earth as it is in heaven part, how could he possibly use me if I thought I wasn't good enough? all about what's in your in your mind head. Mm-hmm. that's where the enemy ta- attacks yeah right these are tactics that the enemy uses to keep us from our purpose you know just because you're a proclaimed christian doesn't mean the enemy leaves you alone Mm-mm. that's a big lie actually yeah. attacks you more <laughs> yes because he wants us back in his camp no he attacks christians just as hard as non-believers if the enemy can deceive you enough or convince you that you aren't good enough or that you aren't doing enough then he's won You know, and many Christians are living like this right now, and some are okay with it. And many are also unaware that the enemy is keeping them from God's true purpose. It's taken me a while to get where I'm at today. I think we can all say the same thing. Oh, yeah. You know, with the Lord. And I've made a lot of mistakes along my journey, but I decided that I didn't want to be a lukewarm Christian anymore. I lived that life, and I was never satisfied in it. Right. A lukewarm Christian is one that proclaims to believe in God and may even go to church Sunday and Wednesday. But they are not serving the Lord with their whole heart. They live in the world and think that just because they believe in God, that will be enough to get them to heaven. The Bible talks about this type of Christian in Revelation three fourteen through 22 It says, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, did I say that right? It's Laodicea. Okay, Laodicea. At least that's what I know. <laughs> okay. Laodicea. Uh-huh. Um, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen." and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches." 
Wow, that's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, we will be judged for the decisions we make here and how we live. The enemy is really good at keeping us in this fog, this unawareness of how we are acting. We feel good, therefore things are good, and that is good enough to get us to heaven. The opposite of that is true. Right. We are to serve God and only God. We can't go to church on Sunday and still live a life of sin the rest of the week. God is a personal God. We are created in His image. Because He created each one of us, He loves us with an everlasting love. If we have sin in our life, we are far away from Him, and this causes Him pain. Just as one of your family members is sinning, and we know that they are not only away from us, but God too. We hurt. It breaks our heart. This is how God feels. He wants us to seek Him with our whole heart so He can show us the way we were meant to live. The enemy never wants us to discover the goodness of God. He only wants to destroy each one of us because he hates God. Mm -hmm. You know, the enemy instills fear into every aspect of our lives. Even as Christians, the enemy whispers words that bring us fear. We ask ourselves or we say these things to ourselves. God doesn't love you the way he thinks he does. God says he's a merciful God. But how how could he be with all the suffering around the world? God is going to punish you if you don't do things right. You will never get to heaven because you disobey God. He isn't going to heal you or your husband or your child or whoever because you aren't good enough. You aren't doing enough good things or enough good deeds in the world. Your faith is weak. God's going to punish you for that. You don't even know how to pray right. What makes you think you're qualified to call God's blessings down from heaven for you? I struggle with that one. Mm. You aren't brave, bold, or confident enough. Just let someone else do it. You aren't strong enough. The list could go on and on and on. Mm. All lies. Yeah. You know, again, like what we talked about at the beginning of this episode, that by studying God's Word and knowing His truth, putting it into you, the Holy Spirit will bring those truths up to your mind to counteract all those lies that Kathy just, you know, read off, you know, of the enemy and rebuke those fears. Right. And that's how we become victorious. And I was talking to Kathy and Susan today, and I was like, you know, this is what you need to have as a visual in your mind of your binding with ropes, you're tying up the enemy, the demon that's speaking to you those lies, and then you put a muzzle on him in the name of Jesus, and you command it to be quiet and not speak those lies into your mind. Yes, that's so yes. good. Yeah, we got to stand yeah. up and fight. Yes, against right. these things. Yeah. yeah. All right, I want to say this: fear comes from the enemy of your soul, and everything negative you think or have been told about yourself is a lie. It just is not true. Right. And the best way to discover this for yourself is to talk to God about it. He will speak words of love over you that you need to hear. He will heal all of the broken places in your heart and your mind, your spirit and your soul. He will do what only He can do. And if this speaks to you, then you need to have this conversation with the Lord. Mm -hmm. He loves you just as you are, no matter what anyone else has said to you or about you. No matter what you think about yourself right now, Because the enemy has been speaking lies to you. God loves you more than you could comprehend. And once you have overcome your fears, then you can wholeheartedly, with confidence, speak the Lord's Prayer and call your blessings down from heaven to earth. Once we understand who we are in Christ, the power and authority each one of us has, then we go by Jesus' example as illustrated in the Lord's Prayer. Then God begins to answer our prayers. It will be on earth as it is in heaven. God will pour out blessings from heaven that will be life-changing. Wisdom, peace, joy, healing, revelation, instruction, and so much more. You know, He wants us to be equipped to help others come to know Him. So He will provide all that we need. And because He's such a good, good Father, He will give us more above all that we could ask or think. Mm-hmm. That comes from Ephesians 3.20. God provides the tools for us now to learn and understand how to do things right how to ask Him for His help, how to call down our blessings from heaven. We just need to start doing it and stop thinking that He is just going to bless us and get us out of this mess. No, we have to do the work, right? right? We have to partner with God. Once we partner with God, then we have all of heaven, their resources, God's army on our side to defeat the enemy. So today I'm going to do the closing scripture from Matthew 6, 9 through 10. And I'm going to pray, Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that we ask you, Lord, 
to come into each one of our hearts and give us a desire to know you more intimately. And we partner with you. We partner with you, Father. We ask for your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. It is your kingdom that we desire, not this evil one that we are living in here on earth. Guide us, Lord. Teach us so we may never let it get to this point again. Deliver us from the enemy. Thank you, Father. And we claim your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, it's time to close. Uh, next week, our topic will be on decreeing and declaring the things of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. Yes. And today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. And so we appreciate all that you do for us. Thank you, Caitlin. Yes, thank thank you, Caitlin. (laughs) Our resource list is going to be posted in the notes section of this episode, so you can check it out there. And before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. And we just want to thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we'd love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at gmail.com. All right. And please visit our websites. Mine is kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you and give you his peace. All right, until next time. Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B, and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.